What's poppin' everybody? Episode 41 of the Slippin' Weed Podcast coming right at you. Want to get into Canelo Alvarez's eighth round stoppage of Billy Joe Saunders. Um, break that fight down a little bit and, and also talk a little bit about this fight between Elwin Soto and Katsunari Takeyama and the stoppage that wound up happening in the 10th round. So let's get right into it. Basically, Canelo Alvarez stopped Billy Joe Saunders at the end of the eighth round. He retires in, in his corner. Looked like a fractured orbital bone. Um, the way that the final punch kind of happened was it looked like uh, Billy Joe threw a punch. Canelo rocked back and threw a right uppercut that caught Billy Joe right on the on his eye as he was sort of dipping down. I think he was expecting a straight or a hook, and so he thought he was slipping down. Canelo catches him with that uppercut literally with his movement. You know, and the momentum of that punch. I mean, you could see when he came up from that, his eye was puffy and purple. And I had a feeling from the way he started to retreat immediately that the fight was was going to be winding down soon. Wasn't surprised at all, really, that the corner stopped it. I thought, to be honest with you, it was probably a good stoppage. I've seen some people kind of breaking his walls about him being a quitter and whatever, but I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know that there's guys who have fought with that injury, but, um, you know, one of them is Antonio Margarito, and his eye has always looked like it was an eye of another person. Like, one eye is his eye, and then there's, like, this foreign eye. Like, it never looked the same. So there's always the possibility if you fight through that injury that you're either never the same or you're unable to resume your career. So I think it's tough for anybody to say you know, to make a judgment on the stoppage and on, like, his willingness to continue fighting. I'm sure if you asked him and it was solely his decision, he probably would have continued. But it looked like his corner was, once he said he couldn't see, it looked like his corner was basically, you know, waving it off anyway. Um, You know, it was a really impressive fight, man. Canelo was on the front foot right from jump. And I noticed early, early in the fight, he was already starting to cut the ring off and he was making Billy Joe miss his jab. You know, you could see that Saunders wasn't used to that kind of pressure, it being that effective and him being able to, you know, close the distance so easily. You know, closing the distance, being able to be on top of you like that with with very subtle movements. So it's like immediately the combination of the upper body movement, the forward movement, and the counter punching, you know, it keeps guys in a very defensive place where they're just sort of trying to stay away from him. Um, but it looked like in the fourth that he found a little something. I thought Saunders definitely won the fifth. 
Um, and then the sixth, I remember being a little closer, but by the seventh round, you could tell that that was kind of when Canelo took it up that one more gear. And by, you know, in the eighth round, obviously catches him with the uppercut and the fight is over from there. Um, it felt to me a little bit like the zone was almost like manufacturing a close fight with the commentary. You know, one of them had it like five rounds to three or five rounds to two or some shit. At one point for Saunders, I'm like, yo, like, what the fuck is that? There's no way that's a five rounds to two for Saunders fight. I'm watching it, and I'm like, you know, it's a competitive fight. There's no doubt about it. It's a competitive fight. Saunders is holding his own. He's not getting his ass kicked in any round except for the eighth round, really. Um, and I, I just don't know where where those cards came from. And even then, they were all trying to say, like, oh, this is a very, very close fight. I didn't see it as a close fight, honestly. I thought that Saunders was competitive in most rounds, but I think at most he won two rounds. At most. Um, and I think that's like Canelo's getting to that point, kind of like Mayweather, where he's so dominant in most rounds now to where... If it's like a competitive round, you know, you shade it towards the opponent. And I don't necessarily know if that's fair, but I think that's a little bit what happened in this fight. It's like the Callum Smith fight, the Yield Durham fight. He's just dominating every second of the fight. And it's be and even sometimes in the Kovalev fight, you know, it was like he's even if it's close, he's in control of what's happening and so I think I think a lot of a lot of us have grown so accustomed to his dominance that seeing somebody, you know, trying to win the fight and winning some moments and maybe even winning some rounds, it's like maybe we think we see we're seeing something we're not. You know what I mean? And aside from that, he's got the defense part of the Mayweather effect now. You know what I mean? Where his upper body movement and his blocking and his parrying and the way he steps out out of range real quick and then is right back in range, like his defense has gotten so good, man, that he he really makes these guys nervous to let their big shots go, because they're tired. They within a couple of rounds, they're tired of missing, they're tired of throwing an air and glove. You know, they're tired of miscalculating it. You know what I mean? So they stop throwing their best shots, and um, then from there, once he's got them, you know, frustrated with their own offense. Now he's got him on the run a little bit because he's counterpunching everything they're doing. You know, and Saunders is a very, very good boxer. Nice IQ. You know, really good boxing IQ in basically any fight I've ever seen him in. And, I mean, he just was playing at a different level than Saunders the whole fight from the opening bell. I felt like it was obvious that he was just on one more level. It's not that Saunders didn't have something to offer in the fight and didn't make it interesting at times. But honestly, man, like, I, I feel like he's just a head above everybody he's getting in the ring with right now. And he's fighting world champions and mandatories. You know, I'm not saying it's the absolute cream of the crop of boxing that he's fighting, but he's fighting world-class fighters every time out. He's making it look very easy. Um, so it's it's tough to be... It's tough to be critical of that in a sense because it's like, you know, here's an undefeated champion. Callum Smith was an undefeated champion. He's not shying away from champions in their prime. I think there's still guys I'd rather see him fighting than the guys he's fighting. I like so I get that when people kind of feel that way too. 
but he's not, he, you know, you, and you can't find killers every single time out, right? So the fights like Yildirim or, or Rocky Fielding, those fights are always going to be there, you know, because you can't fight. I got this new fucking mic stand. It's still fucking wiggling around. Um, you got, uh, you know, if you fight killers every single time out, you know, you're going to gas out. And you, ha- you also have to stay busy if you can't seal a big fight. So in the post-fight interview, obviously, I think based on what Canelo said, based on what Eddie Hearn said, based on the line of questioning, it looks like Canelo's goal next is to fight Caleb Plant. And to be able to say that he has all four belts at 168 pounds, first unified super middleweight champion, or undisputed super middleweight champion, and would definitely be the first undisputed super middleweight champion from Mexico. You know, Caleb Plant's a really good boxer. Right, he's very technical. He's very up on his toes. He he knows how to counter punch real nice. He's got good head movement. You know, he slips punches. I think his his movement around the ring is really good. But sometimes for me, it borders on running, to where not running, but it's almost excessive to where he 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 doesn't have to go all the way to the other side of the ring. He could just create a little angle. The movements are too big. You know what I mean? Um, and for me. I always really love watching him fight. I think his game is really clean, you know, and and he's a handful for anybody at this at this weight, you know, anybody. But the thing about Caleb Plant, to me, that I'm always noticing is every fight he's in, he gets caught at some point. Even that last fight against Truex where, you know, obviously it's obvious that he's a much better fighter than Truex, that frankly he's in a different class. And even in that fight, he gets caught. And I'm not even saying just like, oh, he got hit real quick. Like, he always gets caught with something big and clean at some point. And it's weird for somebody with that level of defensive skills to get caught like that. Um, And I don't know if that's like mental lapses with focus. If it's just, I don't know what that is. But for somebody with his level of defensive ability where it's it's a conditioning thing where He's getting tired after the eighth, but he always gets caught with something clean, like real clean. So for me, it's like if he gets caught clean the way he gets caught against Truex, you know, from Canelo, I would imagine that he's going to get stopped. Right. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Um, And I don't think like I just don't I think for five or six rounds that Caleb Plant can tactically give him some problems but I think it's a similar kind of deal with Amir Khan obviously Plant isn't notorious for that kind of chin but if you're notorious for getting caught Uskadegi whoever you know getting caught with something clean Canelo is going to be the guy to find that something and it's not going to take long so and the other side of that too is and I've been critical of this before as well you know I just don't think Caleb Plant has fought very good opposition Overall, he's had a handful of good fighters that he's had to beat, but you look at the mandatories he's fought, you look at his last five, six opponents, there's really nothing that interesting on there. You know, there's nobody, first of all, there's nobody that's in the top 10 in the weight class other than Uskadegi. You know, I, he's just not fighting his contemporaries. So I think for him to go from Caleb Truax and the the German guy, you know, Canelo, you know, he's not going to fight 
Benavidez. He's not going to fight Charlo. There's no other, you know, I'm talking top-level guy that he's going to get in with before he fights Canelo. You know, I think it's just going to be like a level shock to him to where it's just been so easy for him. Maybe that's why he's been getting coy. It's because it's too easy for him. He's not he's he's not challenged and so he gets too relaxed. So maybe against Canelo he'll be a little sharper, but I just think if you're a guy that gets caught and gets caught in most fights at some point, like I just and and this is by far by far the best guy that he's been in with. By far. You know, at least Billy Joe Saunders had a handful of world-class fights prior to this where he's fighting top 10, top 5 guys in the weight class. You know, Plant doesn't really have any of those fights. And I just can't, I don't think that he's had to answer those questions against other guys. And to have to answer them against Canelo, I think is going to be too much. Which leads me to this. I've said this multiple times on the show, dude. But the fight at 168 that I want to see Canelo in is with David Benavides. You know, that's I think that's the most interesting fight. He's big. He's tall. He's so big he can barely be in the weight class anymore. And the offensive activity, you know, the the level of combination punching, um, the fact that he's also a front foot kind of guy, I think he hits really fucking hard. I think he's going to hit harder. Like, he's just, his power is going to keep getting better and better. Um, I think just, like, overall, his enthusiasm, I think his his activity, I don't think that he's going to have that problem of, like, keeping his hands in his pocket. At some point, maybe he will, but I think he's going to be more willing to just let his hands go and miss, you know, and when you miss a bunch, and but you keep throwing, at some point you land something. So I, I, I think that he presents a different skill set than Plant. Plant's kind of like a, you know, stop and pop, stay on the move kind of guy. Whereas Benavidez is very much come forward and let fast, hard combinations go, as many of them as possible. You know, not necessarily the biggest one punch puncher, but the but he, but a hard puncher, and the volume. You know, and the level of the pressure, just makes guys fold. You know what I'm saying? They just can't handle it for, but so long. He's another one too, where, you know, he really hasn't fought that level of competition up either. He would have to. To me, he's aside from, you know, not having a belt, he's in the same place as Caleb Plant. In the sense that, you know, he hasn't fought, you know, really any of his contemporaries either. You know, there's no one else in the top five that he's fought. You know, he hasn't had to fight Callum Smith. He hasn't had to fight Billy Joe Saunders, right? He hasn't fought any of these guys, so, and neither has Plant, right? So, they, to me, in a sense, it's like watching them, they pass the eye test, but they're both on some level unknowns because we just haven't seen them in with their peers you know and if the first time they do that against is against canelo you know we're talking about the best fucking fighter in the world right now like i don't want to overhype it either but <clears throat> i think this guy is the best fighter of our generation right now and um i think what he's doing is really special as far as how active he's being and how he's pushing through the bullshit of the sport as far as the business. You know that the shit with Golden Boy didn't keep him down. The shit with Golovkin didn't keep him down. The shit with the zone didn't keep like he's he's a 
he's a keep a pushing kind of guy, man. I got a lot of respect for him, and I think his skills are only getting better every fight. He's just more and more the whole package every single time out, you know. And I think at this rate, it's like hard for me to imagine anybody in this weight class beating him. Again, I talked about this after his last fight. If he's going to fight at light heavyweight, better be of is the one fight where I'm like 50-50. But if he's not going to fight that guy, dude, I'm not. I don't think anybody's going to beat this guy. I really don't. Could be wrong, but it doesn't. It seems like this is our Mayweather, our Pacquiao. You know, the new Mayweather, the new Pacquiao. This is the, this is the once in a generation fighter right now, without a doubt, to me. Um, and obviously, he's worth more money than anybody else, other than maybe Pacquiao. But I think at this point, he's the pay per view star of boxing. the The last thing I want to talk about with that card is there was a great fight. Going on just before the main event, it was at uh, Junior Flyweight. Uh, Ellen Stoto stopped Katsunari Takuyama. Takuyama? Takuyama. In the 10th round. And the stoppage kind of came out of nowhere. Lawrence Cole just stepped in and stopped the fight in a, at a moment where it didn't seem that um, Takuyama was in any kind of like immediate danger or peril. You know what I mean? He wasn't up on the ropes. He wasn't taking a combination. It was almost in a lull in the action. You know what I'm saying? And I hate seeing this shit, man. You know, I'm, and I'm usually one that's like my, my, this, my judgment as far as stopping the fight is I want to stop it earlier than later. You know what I mean? But this one was just so fucking bad. And I felt so bad for this guy, Takayama. He's been around a long time. I saw him fight on YouTube a long time ago. Um, he's been in there with a lot of guys. Went 12 rounds with Chocolate Cito like 10 years ago. You know, he's a really tough veteran fighter. And I'm pretty sure this was going to be, they said that this was going to be his last fight. Um, and, and to see that taken from him when he was putting up a fight he wasn't winning. I don't even know if he won any rounds, but he was letting his hands go, and he was putting on a show, and he was the other guy in the fight. There was no doubt about it. He had shown up to win, and he was he was going to go out on his shield, you know, and I thought that with his performance, he had kind of earned the right to do that, and there wasn't any reason to stop the fight at that moment. You know, I don't even, I, I was going to look back and try to figure out what fight it is that makes me feel this way, dude, but every time I see Lawrence Cole is the ref, I'm like, yo, get this fucking guy out of here, man. I feel like, again, I'd have to go back. I have to look at, you know, what fights he's refed. But I just feel like so many times when he's the ref of a fight, there's either a stoppage or a point deduction or a call that takes place that's, like, fucking ridiculous, you know. And I don't really know how he keeps getting work, but I figured I'd just put him on blast real quick. Like, what the fuck, bro? You keep fucking these fights up, man. Like, these guys only get these one opportunities sometimes. And you fucking steal that from them. You know what I mean? So you see these people that are bad officials. The the Lawrence Coles. The Adelaide Birds. They, they keep working. They just keep working. You know, it doesn't matter how many times they fuck up. How many different fights they fuck up. They keep coming back. And you see him scoring and refing fights all the time. You know? It's very frustrating. I don't know how exactly 
you know, that happens when there are enough people that are good at the job that are competent. You know, how people like Lawrence Cole and Adelaide Bird keep working in this sport, man. I don't get it. But anyways, I prior to the stoppage, it was a very entertaining fight. Soto was a really strong guy at this weight. He looked much bigger than Takayama. You know, I think this is on some level a development fight. Um, and Takayama was, you know, I think you could see the talent and the strength difference between them, which was, was very obvious. But I also think you could see the experience difference that Takayama was able to absorb what he absorbed. Um, and each round, it seemed like he was letting his hands go even more than the round before it. Um, and there was even times where I think he had Soto a little stunned and had his hands in his pocket. Like, shit, this guy's fucking letting his hands go. Um, so, I mean, I look forward to seeing Soto in bigger fights. I think he's going to develop more. You know, he needs to work on that defense to offense transition a little bit. But overall, good performance. And I just found the stoppage frustrating. You know, and I think a lot of people did too. Even in the commentary, they were shocked as well. So, I mean, hopefully we just see a little less of Lawrence Cole after that one. Um, so that's it, guys. That's episode 41 of the Slipping Week Podcast. I'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.